Tonight's episode is sponsored by Mountain Sea Blast, coming soon to schools near you. there's some hustle and bustle going on about the encampment. There are various people using various uh, crystals and divining rods and all sorts of new age tricks and doodads to examine the crazy old man who is currently being held down by a collection of vines provided by the person you believe is the leader, Titania. Are you going to be waiting inside of the tent? Are you going to be wandering around? They don't seem like they're specifically corralling you, but they do look like they're trying to be hospitable. Well, bro, I'm totally faithful that, like, you know, they've got this. They're, uh, they're apparently really old because Titania said she totes knew um, other people from that round table. So, like, you know... If she knows what she's doing, then she knows what she's doing. Because if she don't know what she's doing, then, whoa, man. Well, gentlemen, I'm feeling as though we have ourselves come into a situation that, while not beyond our capabilities, is certainly out of the realm of any legal knowledge any of us may possess. However, I do feel as if we could gather some information about what it is um, our friend the Seagull Man stands accused of, we might be able to help him. I I understand that ultimately it will be the decision of these people, and while I might not agree with that, I'm not really in a position at the moment to affect change uh, outside of diplomacy. Well, yeah, man. I mean, if there's something we can do to help, sure, I'll, I'll you know... Yeah, I'll help. That's the thing. We can all stand as character witness at the least. That is very true, Osmond. We can certainly uh, at least relate our encounter with uh, our friend over there and where we think his, his wherewithal might be or may have been. Perhaps it would be useful if we talked to some of the other campers to determine... Uh, what they know about the situation, and uh, what they may have seen or heard. In this instance, I would look to the guidance of our trained detective. Well, since, you know, that's me, <laughs> I guess, um, you know, let's uh, head outside the tent and uh, go ask some creative quick questions. Like to this guy over here, who looks like a hipster. What's up, man? Oh, hey, guys. I don't remember the voice, but I feel like it was somewhere around here. Cool. You know, remembering your voice is a, it's a really important task. So, like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so I so was listening to the, the, the podcast before we, we recorded a new episode, but I couldn't do that this week, so. Ah, oh, drats. So, yeah, I mean, this will have to do, I guess. 
Yeah, man. Um, so is this Bob then? Because you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, Bob. Oh, Bob. All right, cool. Yeah, it sounds like Bob. That's what I thought. But you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So hey, Bob. Like you know, what's up with Seagull, dude? Sorry, I didn't catch your name. Oh, bro, that's cool, man. I'm Ebbs. This is Flo. This is Osmond. Nope. This is O'Malley. There we go. Sorry. I was expecting a third name that kind of fit the theme. Maybe Hustle? Can we call you Hustle? I'd Ooh. prefer it if you didn't. Ebbs, Hustle, and Flow. Flow Malley. Ebbs, Flow Malley. I like it. Don't give him ideas. Yeah, Ebbs, Flow, and O'Malley. Ebbs, Flamily. <laughs> anyway, man. So, like, what's up with the Seagull dude? Speaking of the Seagull dude, what's his name? Yeah, that's, uh, that's Barty Russo. Whoa. He's, uh, he's been around here, uh, long as I can remember. He scratches his beard as he's reminiscing a little bit. He was always a friendly guy, you know? Just like the birds he, he works with. But over the past, uh, couple months, he's starting to been losing it. There have been seagulls attacking people, and there's rumors he's been, uh, robbing stores. Like... Did he lose his job? He's never had a job, as far as I've known, other than, you know, keeping the shorelines under oh. watch. But you say that recently uh, the seagulls have been attacking people? I ha- We had noticed uh, an increase in their presence in certain areas of the city, but we hadn't seen any uh, harm come to anyone from them. They were mostly just doing what seagulls do. And what's that? Wandering around and eating scraps and refuse. Whatever a rodent would do if it could grow wings and fly. Sneak into a cheese factory? Oh, I like cheese. If I were a bird, I'd sneak into one. I do recall the distinct scent of cheddar cheese whilst within the boat. Yeah, I'll be honest, I don't know all of the specifics. I... I generally work security for this kind of gig, so I, I I don't always read all the briefings like I should. Let me let me check with Emily. Hey, Emily. And uh, this crunchy granola-looking girl comes out from uh, a nearby tent. Yeah, Bob. Yeah, these guys. Uh, they're looking for for some info on what's going on here. Oh yeah, like for sure. So. Mr. Seagullman has, uh, well, he started going a little bit crazy. And, uh, we've, we've had reports that he's been using his birds to, to help him attack small businesses in the area. Was there any commonality to the businesses he was attacking, or was it just uh, no, most convenience stores, some restaurants? And did he take anything, or was it just violence for violence' sake? Uh, well, the cash has usually gone missing, uh, but it's largely been destruction of property. It wasn't entirely that big of an issue until, uh, well. Recently, uh, he, he he killed some delivery drivers. Delivery drivers? Delivery drivers. 
and you have first-hand accounts of our friend directing the seagulls to kill the delivery drivers? Well, generally, seagulls don't tear folks apart like that. I don't know, man. That's kind of wild. Like, you know, there's a lot of seagulls, so, like, I don't think there'd be any witnesses left. So, you know, I I don't know if Seagull Man could have done it. Oh, there's there's videotape of the the attack. Do you have Here. the videotape? She pulls oh. out a smartphone and she starts pushing buttons. Um, no, I don't have any reception here. Uh, hold on. And she heads back into the tent. You hear her briefly argue with what sounds to be a cup like a couple of children, and then comes back out with a tablet. I've got it downloaded here. And she hands you the tablet. Cool, man. Um, I play the video. The video quite clearly shows a uh, delivery truck come to a full, complete stop at a red light. And then what seems like hundreds of seagulls swarm, crashing in through the side windows um, and fill the cab of the truck. More begin to attack the trailer, as if they're trying to get into it. Is there labeling on the truck? Roll to investigate a mystery. I will roll to investigate that mystery. So, looking at this, I have a 6 and a 2, which is an 8. And I investigate a mystery with my sharp of 1, so that's a 9. Well, that's going to give you a hold one, which is one question. From the list of questions, I will ask, what is being concealed here? Looking carefully, you're able to see the last four letters of the company's name. B-O-R-S. B-O-R-S? B-O-R-S. That's the only letters you can make out because of the angle of the camera. The last four. Cool, cool. But boars? Wait, who would who would make a company and call it boars? Boars just reminds me of the... Just reminds me of the... Sir Osmond, I'm almost entirely certain that if the rest of that logo was not obstructed by vicious seagulls, it would say Blue Harbor's Bottling Company. I wonder if our friend out there may or may not be attempting to stop the distribution of Mountain Sea Blast. Uh, There's a flush of relief on my face. Oh, well, yes, verily so. Uh, Then in that case, he is to be commended. Yeah, man, totally. But, like, what if he's having a bad trip, man? You know, and 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 that stuff makes you want more of it. Like, you know, the shark man went after the yacht that probably had some on there. And then the sand thing went after the restaurant that, you know, had some poured out back. So, like, what if something happens and he got some and, like, he needed more? Yes, unfortunately, that may also be the case. I can verily confirm that... It is quite difficult to do battle against this vile ichor without 
having some of it land upon your person. I, for one, am protected by my suit of armour. I do not believe any of the fine druids here have such amenities at their disposal. Yeah, well, you know, you know, we could, like, you know, Toads, uh, why don't we give this stuff to, uh, who do we give this stuff to, guys? Well, it might be worth our time to see if we can go speak to our seagull friend in person. And with that, I'm going to start walking over towards where he's restrained in vines. Cool. I linger for a moment longer looking at the final frame of the video on the tablet before following my companions. But a moment later, you are near the center of the circle of tents where the man identified to you as Barty Russo is strapped to the ground by various large vines. There is one coming up and around his mouth to prevent him from speaking. And what tattered remains of his shirt were there once have been pulled off where there are two people you recognize, actually. The mother and daughter who were staying at the bed and breakfast with you. They are painting little tiny glyphs upon his torso with paintbrushes and using some sort of whitish-greenish substance out of small clay pestles. Good evening, ladies. I hate to bother you, but would it be possible for us to have a word with the prisoner momentarily? You are more than welcome to, to stay and observe. That would not be smart. May I ask why it wouldn't be smart? The younger of the two stands up and and looks directly at you. If we were to let him speak, he would be able to summon words of power or call his familiars to him. It would put us in quite a dangerous position. Perhaps if you could afford him just the freedom to uh, nod or shake his head in that case, and we can restrict our questions to yes or no answers. I doubt that he is capable of such communications. So, like, what do you think's wrong with them? Because, you know, that's pretty tied up. He is quite the powerful one. If we were to give him any freedom, then he would surely escape. Oh. Well, certainly when he faces his accusers, he'll be allowed to speak, no? I believe you are mistaken as to what is happening here. Well, we were told that he was to be tried for his potential crimes. He is to be tried for his very existence. He is not what he once was. And if he is truly as we believe, there is nothing left to try. There is only a breach to seal. So, like, how do you try for someone's life? We are first to discover if he still is someone. Whoa. That makes sense. And then, like, you know, if he's somebody, like, do you fix him? Or, you know. If he 
is indeed still who he was, then we will do what we can. And, you know, when does the trial start? It is already happening. Already happening? Hang on, I forgot something about the tent. And I run away while you guys do your thing. Who is conducting the trial? Is it the Lady Titania? I have been brought in to examine what remains of his essence. There are others who will do their own examinations, but as it stands, I believe we have already lost him. What leads you to that conclusion, if I may ask? If you like, I could take the next several years to explain to you enough of the basics of soul-working that you might understand my response. But to put it in words you might be able to follow, something is eating away at him, at who he is. Then he is the victim of a curse. A foul hex cast upon his very being. Not everything is quite so simple. Young Sir Knight. We believe uh, that we may have some knowledge of what might be troubling uh, this poor man. We have ourselves, uh, as a group, encountered several things that have been corrupted through the consumption of a cola product known as Mountain Sea Blast. I don't know if you're familiar with it. If you think a cola could do this to someone, then I do not believe you truly understand the gravity of the situation. I mean you no disrespect, madam, but it may be the fact that you do not grasp the full situation of the cola. Do you recall, when I spoke out earlier, all of the beasts I claimed to defeat? We thoroughly investigated and found the root cause to be directly connected to this foul ichor. Are you suggesting that this foul Ichor could have sprung itself unbidden into one of the greatest masters of his generation? I can but confirm that one of the last actions he seems to have been able to do was stop this Ichor from being transported. All right, man, I come run back over real quick because now I've got my barrister's outfit on. You know, a black row with a little white dilly in the front and a curly dilly hair. All right, trial time, man. What I miss? You have missed your companions, providing irrelevant information. Oh. I am here to measure what is left of him. If you wish to argue for clemency, your words are wasted here. So, like, who do we argue for clemency from, then? What 
compels us, madam, to speak in this man's favor is that we encountered him not more than three days ago, and while he did seem to be trying to take refuge, perhaps from his own community that was trying to hunt him down, he did not seem aggressive when a misunderstanding occurred that caused Sir Osmond here to briefly be captured by him, I was able to convince him to return the knight to us unharmed. Additionally, we sat and broke bread with him, and while it was clear that he was perturbed, he did not seem violent towards us, nor did he conduct himself in a threatening manner. As such, it is difficult for us to believe that um, his essence is beyond the point of salvation. Surely, the light of the Lord can be the salvation for us all. Her eyes narrow. Your silly beliefs aside, I am simply here to measure what is left. I am no more than measuring the coffin. Well, if you've been taking your measurements, can you at least tell us if you believe his essence remains, or has he become some darkling to be removed from existence? I have only just begun. The older woman, kneeling by Barty, stands up. Uh, Grandmother, we need to move on to the next step. If you'll excuse me, my skills are needed. But one question more, if I may request it. Is his act of taking the life of an innocent person part of his condemnation here? Life begets death. It is the circle. My expression sours. She then turns and once again kneels by Barty Russo, continuing her ritual. Well, that doesn't sound like a very innocent verdict, man. So, like, we're going to have to find out who to go to next. We talked to Bob and we talked to Emily. And we just talked to Grandma. Um, you know, where's the feather chick? Oh, now, Ebs, I'm not certain that she's going to want to talk to us, especially after all that transpired earlier in the evening. But look, man, if she wants to hold a grudge, she can hold a grudge. That's cool, you know. But, like, it's prudent to go ahead and talk to her because she seems to be the one that, you know, instigated this. So, like, got to make sure that, you know, cover our bases. When we broke off earlier, I do believe she went into that large camper over there with the generator up, and I have not seen her return since. We could wander over there and knock on her door and see if she is willing to speak to us. Okay. And I wander over and I knock on her door. Knock, knock, parlay! 
Party? Par parlay? Parallelogram. I don't know. Knock, knock, truce. A minute later, uh, the tent flap is angrily thrown open. What do you want? Oh, hey, you know, um, we just want to ask some questions about Bird Dude. Make sure he's cool. Because, like, you know, I'm getting the vibe that, that nobody wants to help him. That they just want to, like, you know, clean up this mess and turn around and walk away. And, and that's not cool. Because, like, he was a cool dude. And, you know, you're the next person on the list. So, what's up? I don't have any idea who he is or how cool he might be. Ah, oh, well, he's a cool dude. Were you friends? We met him once. And, like, you know, he was really scared. And then, like, he took my friend. But, you know, we talked him into giving him back. And then, you know, we went out and got some food. And we sat down and we ate. And, like, you know. And then the big scary bird came and took my boat. And he was inside of it. So, like, you know, now we're here. Because he was a cool dude. And you had my boat. If I give it back, will you leave? I mean, are you kicking me out? Are we not friends? Let's see. You you stormed into our convention. You demanded answers for things that don't involve you. You're harassing our leaders, and you're you're trying to convince us to let a corrupted foul beast free upon the land. I'm not sure how you think that makes us friends. My dear, I must apologize for young Trevor's approach to this situation. Uh, certainly he is notorious for trying to see the best in all people. But what has happened, uh, at least from your point of view, is not entirely how we view things. We came here, yes, seeking Trevor's boat, but also attempting to find um, to find the seagull man because we were concerned that he might come to harm. We had parlayed with him mere moments before he was abducted, and though it is true that he may have seemed cagey, he certainly did not attack us, nor uh, cause us violence. Additionally, as we've spoken with others in your camp and come to learn things and seen the footage of at least one of his attacks, we believe that his actions may be related to a series of events that have occurred around our lives involving a cola product known as Mountain Sea Blast, which we know from empirical evidence has a corrupting effect and may either have A, caused the man to be so corrupted, or it is also possible uh, that he was aware of its corrupting ability and was trying to prevent the masses from its consumption. In either case, I think it's worth hearing what we have to say before a decision is made to end the life of a man who may not have meant any harm. She walks over and looks up at you. How tall are you? I believe I am 6'4". Six 6'4". Four. Six four. She comes up maybe to the bottom of your ribcage. 
Uh, but she firmly plants a finger in the center of your chest. Listen here, I... And her words are cut off by the screaming. Hey, everybody. We just wanted to take a minute and thank you for listening. It's been a wild ride, and we're really excited to see where this is all going to go. We've got new episodes coming out every Monday, available from your favorite podcast services like iTunes, Spotify, Listen Notes, Podcast Addict, and Podbean. So tell a friend, help us get the word out now, because we're only just getting started. And now, back to the show. So there was screaming? Ah. There was screaming. Looking around, what do we see? A world of really bad situation. That's a three and a one on the dice. Plus my sharp of one uh, is five. Ah, uh, yeah, five. 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 Mark an experience point. On it. You turn around and look around and you see people running and screaming. And those things from the other day are coming. They're tearing through tents. One of them grabs the older-looking woman who was examining the old man and begins dragging her into the woods. Those things aren't part of your flock? By the time you turn around to say this, uh, she is screaming and running herself. So, like, I've got this move that I haven't used because they make you roll for it but I'm really good at acting it out. And it's called Often Overlooked. When I act all crazy to avoid something, I roll plus weird. On a 10 plus, I get regarded as unthreatening and unimportant. On a 7 to 9, I pick one, unthreatening or unimportant. And on a miss, I draw lots, but not all, of the attention. So, I'm actually going to use the move this time. And, uh, you know, act all crazy. Let's see what happens. So, uh, that's a five and a two, plus my weird of one for an eight. So I get to pick one. I am unthreatening. So you definitely appear unthreatening in your barrister's wig. Ha <laughs> Cool, man. But you f- feel as though you may be recognized as a figure of some importance. I bet it's the barrister's robe. Oh, well. Uh, I'm going to order Barty, the seagull dude, because he's tied up and he can't defend himself. Okay. And then I take a defensive position. That's all you're going to do? Um, I take my rope out, too, because it's got a lasso at the end still. Okay. Osmond, we need to save that woman. And then I'm going to take off. Shit, there was a woman being carried away. <laughs> <laughs> towards the woman... <laughs> towards the woman who's being dragged into the woods. I, I was waiting for the opportunity to say the exact same thing from my perspective. But yes, uh, I also chase off in the direction of the woman being dragged away, and I only have my shield drawn, as my weapons in previous encounters were not very successful. Okay, the two of you dash off after this thing. And as you reach the tree line, you see it stopping just beyond what would be easy line of sight from the camp itself. It forms massive blade-like claws on one of its forelimbs and begins to swing down at her. Is it possible that I can interpose my shield between those blades in time? Well, that sounds like you're trying to do a move. 
I would very much like to protect this woman. Then roll to protect someone. Oh, God. Uh, so one and a two is three. Plus my tough of three is six. Is that all? Yes. No one else want to do anything about that? Since Osmond and I are keeping pace, can I try to help him get where he needs to be by shoving him forward or something? Oh, you can also just help him block the creature with a, a roll to help out. All right, I will roll to help out. All right, that's five and a three, which is an eight, um, plus my cool of zero is an eight. Okay, so you're able to provide a plus one, but you also put yourself in harm's way. So you are able to definitely interpose between this creature and the woman screaming on the ground, but the two of you are each going to take three points of harm from this thing's bladed nastiness lashing out. I'm going to expend a point of luck to reduce that to zero. I am going to... Now, if I remember correctly, this creature ignores the defensive value from my armor, but not my shield. Hey, quick question. Since the last time we were in a fight, poor Father O'Malley was nearly dead. Um, some time passed. Did you heal at all? It hasn't been that long. Yeah. Look, could you just, like, get on that? When I, when I have a damage, <laughs> yes. I don't know, just, just like will it, bro. Be like, fixed. <laughs> this is not armor-defeating damage. Uh, this thing's very large, very bladed claws um, are currently being blocked by your armor and your shield. Okay. In that case, with my point of my point of armor from my physical body suit of armor, my point from my shield, and my warrior move. Uh, in which I would suffer less harm against such a weapon, I believe I take zero harm. So, the two of you leap in front of this and try to take the creature away from her, and your shield fits neatly into this thing's palm, and the blades can't quite reach around far enough to actually get through to deal you damage. Father O'Malley, you are almost impaled by this thing as it drives you backwards, but right before you are slashed in half, the blades make contact with a tree and get stuck in it momentarily. From where I am, do I have the opportunity to um, reach out and grab the woman's hand and start running back the other way with her? Um, you could, but it wouldn't involve you turning your back to this thing. I, At the moment, I care more about um, trying to get her out than necessarily um, what this thing's claws can do to me then I'd like you to roll to protect someone. All right, so a five and a three is an eight, plus my tough of two is a ten. With a ten, you get to choose an additional effect. Um, I will take less harm. So as you turn and run from this thing, scooping up the woman in your arms... It swings at your back. That will be two harm. All right. Um, Would it be possible to interpose myself again to prevent the harm to Father O'Malley? Roll to protect yourself. I'm sorry. Roll to protect someone, not yourself. Uh, let's see. Well, that is two and a four makes six. Plus my tough of three makes four nine. So you are able to step in front and take the damage instead. 
I believe that two harm glances off of your shield. Indeed it does. With a mighty swing and a step, you completely interpose yourself. This thing cannot get around you to get at the father and the woman he is saving. Your villainy ends today! Ebbs. Yeah, dude. Um, is the older woman that we thought the mother still here with me? Or is that who who Father O'Malley just rescued? That was the one that was dragged away. It was the older. The one that looked older. Oh, oh, okay. I, I took that as the opposite way then. Um, so then the grandmother is still here with me? Yes. Um, like, what the hell are these things? And how do we keep this dude safe? These are skinwalkers. I do not believe there is a way to protect him from them. They are immune to our magic. They are immune to weapons. I do not know what we can do to stop them. Um, hmm. What if we get in the boat and have the bird take us away? Fleeing does seem like the only way to go. Yeah, I vote that we start getting people riding up inside this boat and then call the big bird back and then, uh, you know, toads get out. Agreed. All right. I will begin restoring the structure of the boat that might survive the journey. I start running across the battlefield, telling peeps to uh, head for the boat. A roll to act under pressure. Can do. That is a six and a one for a seven, and my act under pressure is a one for an eight. So what exactly are you screaming out? Safety in the boat, dudes. Let's get to the boat. Over and over again. Okay. So, many people hear this and are listening to you and heading towards the boat. Not everyone, though. A lot of people don't know you from a hole in the wall, and they are much happier following their own plan of escape. Some people, it looks like, don't necessarily have an easy way out. For example... Bob's tent. The creature is encroaching on it. And you are pretty sure there are still people inside. I will lasso the creature, because I feel like Bob would also help get people to the boat, if I could at least help Bob. So, come here, Skinwalker! With my lasso. I would like you to roll to act under pressure. Okay. As a 5 and a 3 for an 8 plus a 1 on my cool for a 9. Okay, you throw your lasso, you wrap it around the thing, and you pull it tight. It hisses through its weird lipless mouth. Then it grabs the rope and yanks on it. Oh. It is tugging incredibly hard. What would you like to do? Uh, I run to the side so as to, like, get pulled, but, you know keep momentum, and try to, uh, like, clothesline a tree with it so as also to ensure that he can't yank me away. Unless he can uproot a tree, at which point, you know, then I'm going to run for my life. (laughs) Okay, so roll to act under pressure. Okay. And that is a five and a four for a nine plus my one of a ten. Okay, so you are able to... To jump around a tree and brace yourself for impact. It yanks and the tree definitely does lurch a little bit. Uh, You weren't able to find an enormous tree. I know, but hey, tree's a tree, man. And 
it does not appear to be yanking you any further. The leverage from the, the pulley of the tree is assisting you. Could I mimic that whistle that called all the beasts away before? It's something you could try, you suppose. I'll try that. Roll to act under pressure. Boxcars. Sir Osmond. Yes. The creature slivering to get around your shield. Starting to make some progress as the shield starts to buckle under its strength. And suddenly it stops. And stares at you vacantly for a moment. Before turning and running back towards the center of camp. Loping along on all fours. No, 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 no. And I follow it. The creature struggling at the other end of the rope. Trevor stops fighting. And then begins heading directly towards you. Well, I uh, I whistled because I believe that the whistle, you know, would signal friend to the thing. So I feel a tad more confident that it's not going to gobble me whole <clears throat> and stand my ground. The thing runs right up to you. And I need you to roll to act under pressure. Oh, dear. That's a six and a five, dude. <laughs> Plus a one. <laughs> so this thing slides to a stop directly in front of you and just gazes at you with empty eyeless sockets. But it does stop. Okay. I'm going to wait and see how many of them show up. Judging from the breath on the back of your neck, there is a second one. Oh, dear. Well, there were only two before. So I'm going to go with the number two. Osmond, you are catching up and seeing young Trevor Ebbs standing between two of these things. My speed increases briefly, but then I slow down when I see he's not being attacked by them. Father O'Malley, you arrive back on the scene half-carrying the woman you have just rescued. I've returned to the side of the grandmother. Is it, or The grandmother's repairing the boat, right? Yes. She is using some sort of magic, and you're seeing the cracked hull. It's not necessarily being repaired, repaired, so much as there's wooden growth happening inside the cracks of the fiberglass boat. I'll set the woman down and tell her that she should help her grandmother with whatever the plan might be. Am I seeing... Trevor and the two uh, beasts. Is that visible from where I am? Yes, it is. Ebbs, do you have your phone on you? I shakily nod. Record the whistle again and then throw the phone into the woods. And then I more or less collapse. I do that. Roll to act under pressure again. Oh, dear. Well, two and a two is a five. I mean a four, but my plus one makes it a five. So the whistle sounds different this time. And there's an immediate shift in the creatures and their their demeanor changes. And they both dash towards nearby tents, leaping on fleeing people. 
I sprint to the nearest one to once again interpose myself, push it back, keep it away. Roll to protect someone. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, two and three is five, plus my three makes it an eight. So, with an eight, you shoulder tackle this creature, but there's already so much blood. The the druid that it attacked, his arm is mostly torn off at the shoulder. He is still alive, but this creature uh, did get to him before you did. Um, is the other one still attached to my lasso? Uh, so, like, it could have been stopped? Theoretically, except you had your phone in one hand. Yes. So, it is still tied to this lasso, but you are not holding the other end. Ah. Then I make a grab for it. Because I'm not going to catch the beast, but, you know. Roll to protect someone. And that is tough. And my five and a three is eight, and my tough of zero makes it an eight. So you grab back onto the other end of that rope, and it starts dragging you. You slam into the tree and make it maybe ten feet before you're able to stabilize yourself and get a good grip. The creature didn't quite get to its target, but you did take two harm from being dragged and bashed around. Okay, uh... My resilience of one will make that one harm. That will put me back in the area of instability. Cool beans. How's it looking for people getting to the boat? There's a lot of people at the boat. Yay! Um, It's hard to say, but a quick estimate puts maybe half of the people here at the boat. The rest spread between people fleeing in every direction and people on the ground bleeding. The last group heading towards the boat It appears to be uh, Emily and two young children. The creature on your rope, realizing it doesn't have enough give, begins chasing towards them. I yank back for its attention. Because, you know... Roll to protect someone. We're doing that. And that's six and four. And my tough of zero still leaves it as a ten. So with a 10, you yank and you yank and it stops and turns back to to you. And it leaps at you. Take three harm as it collides with you. My armor takes makes that down to two. And uh, yeah, I'm not dead yet. You rolled a 10 plus. Oh, and I could take minus one harm, couldn't I? Yeah. Yes, you could. What a dude. All right. So uh, yeah, I take one harm. Yeah, so this thing is... Back on top of you, gnashing its teeth and snarling, trying to tear you into pieces. Father O'Malley. All right, so most of the most of the people who are going to be at the boat now, with the exception of my two compatriots, are at the boat? Yes. At this point, Grandma has come over and is trying to help you to your feet. Thank you. Quickly, we must go before... They get to us. Alright. At this point, I'm just going to shout out, Osmond, Ebbs, get in the boat. And then, 
I'm going to, against my own better judgment, but it being the only thing I have strength left to do, attempt to mimic the whistle another time. Roll to act under pressure. So, that is going to be a five and a two is seven, plus my cool of zero is a seven. The creatures do not begin sprinting towards you, but they do stop confused for half a moment. Now, gentlemen, now, and then I'm going to amscray into the boat. I pick up the man with one arm, who I assume is still roiling in pain on the ground, and I will carry him towards the boat. Roll to act under pressure. Oh, uh, two and two is four, plus a cool of zero. You grab him under his good arm and begin running towards the boat. And your adrenaline carries you through to the end. You get there and you stop and you realize not all of him made it. When I look around, do I see everyone who could have made it to the boat has made it? We're not entirely sure. Ebbs. I kick sweep one of the legs out from under this dude that's on top of me. So it takes his weight off his body and then roll him to the side. So I'm on top. And then use that momentum to kind of cartwheel to my feet and sprint for the boat. Act under pressure. One and a four is a five. My act under pressure is cool for a one. Making a six. You are tangled up with this thing. There is no way you feel as though you'll be able to escape. I needed the XP anyway. Sir Osmond. Ebbs is still wrestling that monster. I'm going to tackle the monster off of him. Shield first. Roll to protect someone. Uh, three plus three is six, uh, plus my tough of three for nine. Uh, you take this creature off of him. And you take three harm. Okay, unless, uh, spoken otherwise, all of my defensive capabilities reduce that to zero. So, um, you are, you are now tangled up with this thing in Ebbs's place. What do you got, Ebbs? You hear the flapping of metallic wings. Oh, dear. Um, Yeah, I tie this rope off to the tree that's still tied around this beast because, you know, I don't want to, like, yank it along with me. Um, And then, you know, let's go. Let's go, Flo. Time to go. Once it's tied off. Roll to act under pressure. Five and a three is an eight. And a cool of one makes it a nine. So, with a nine, you can get this thing tied off and maybe make the boat, or you can leave it untied and definitely get to the boat. Oh, no, I'm definitely going to tie it off then, because if I maybe make it to the boat and flows behind me, that means he won't make it to the boat, which would defeat the purpose of not doing what I want to do. So, we're going to maybe make it together, or we're not going to make it at all. 
You've got him tied off. James, is the lady Titania on the boat? You do not see Titania on the boat. Are any of you here capable of creating a strong vine? At this point, the boat lurches as the bird sinks its talons and then begins to lift. The woman you saved, uh, looking at you with admiration, says, Grandma is capable of doing so, but she's holding the boat together. I need something to to throw to my friends. They're not going to be able to reach the boat, but if they can hang, I'm sure they can climb. While I'm in this scuffle with this creature still, but it has the uh, rope tied around it, can I make a run towards the boat as uh, the giant uh, condor is descending and see whether or not it still has the lasso around its neck from our previous encounter? Roll to read a bad situation. Okay, so three and three make six, and my sharp of one turns that into a seven. That gives you a hold one. You may ask one question. What's my best way in? That rope is indeed dangling still. I'm going for that rope instead of the boat. Roll to act under pressure. Uh, a four and a three. Uh, plus my cool of zero make for an even seven. With an even seven, you run, you leap, and you grab onto the rope. And then you feel something grab onto your leg. Trevor, what do you got? Hopefully the bottom of his leg. (laughs) (laughs) The creature that he wasn't grappling chased after and leaped up and grabbed a hold of him. There is still more rope to grab onto if you'd like to try that. If you've got a different idea, feel free to try something. Yeah, man. I can, like, totes grab the rope and uh, hang on. And once I feel I've got a grip... Perhaps then I can shoot the beast, but, uh... So you're gonna go try to grab the the rope? Yeah, absolutely, bro. Act under pressure. All right, man, cool. Well, a one and a four makes for a five, (laughs) and my act under pressure is a one for a six. So, with a final burst of energy, you sprint and leap for the rope as it passes past the edge of the peak and your fingers close on empty air 